Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. In case you didn't already know, our team is thrilled to be able to broadcast this weekend's ITA Division I Women's National Indoor Championships in Seattle. We'll have coverage from first ball to last as 16 of the top Division I women's tennis teams in the country do battle for the right to be named the National Indoor Champion and as part of of our preview of this weekend's action. What I will attempt to do on this show over the next few days is speak with each of the head coaches of the 16 teams that will be competing in Seattle. I'll ask each of them to help recap their ITA kickoff weekends, talk about the strengths in each of their respective rosters. I'm also curious to hear what are they most looking forward to learning about their team throughout the course of the action in Seattle. And then wanted to ask each of these coaches about some big picture things. Certainly the announcement of NCAA individuals moving to the fall. I was fascinated to hear what all these coaches thought about that. I also wanted to know what each of these coaches think of the broader landscape in the Division I women's scene at this point of the year. But, you know, again, more generally, we have fantastic interviews coming up over the course of this week for all of you Cracked Rackets fans, for all of you college tennis fans. A massive thank you to every one of these coaches who certainly have a busy week ahead for taking the time to speak with me. With that in mind, let's get to it. It's press row here at Cracked Rackets as we all prepare for the 2023 Division I Women's National Indoor Championships to begin. Hey, Crack fans, before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link to get signed up? Just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. So you go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information, one location with our friends at Swing Vision. The 
joining us on the podcast once again today, fresh off of two 4-3 victories that allowed his team to advance to the National Indoor Final 16 field for the first time in program history, is Iowa State women's tennis head coach Boomer Saya. Coach, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on a stellar kickoff weekend. I imagine you're doing well, but I'll ask anyways, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing awesome, man. Really, really pumped for this weekend. Uh, was stoked about the wins, and so it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I appreciate that. And look, let's get right into it because for your team, certainly you, it, it's really a two, maybe even three year arc for your program. And certainly you can go all the way back to that 2020 season that got stopped short of COVID. It felt like you guys had really started to gain momentum. And then, you know, last year going into kickoff weekend, all of us were so excited to watch your team compete at NC State. Unfortunately, the COVID bug struck. You guys weren't able to attend that. With that perspective in mind, to be on, with, due to circumstances out of your control, not able to play last year, to have this result this year, what does that mean to your program? Uh, it's it's special. It was, uh, you know, we have built a lot of momentum over the years. And, uh, yeah, last year was kind of like a gut punch to not be able to participate, you know, uh, things outside our control um, and just had to kind of rally. And so for uh, the opportunity uh, to go uh, actually participate this year and um it was it was not it was awesome. I think our kids were totally stoked. I think um, it was a tough one at Auburn uh, the weekend before, and so I think they were hungry to just kind of rebound. Um, and they they did magnificent. I, I told them, you know, whether we won or lost uh, that weekend, um, I was just really proud of how hard we competed each spot, man. We fought for each other and uh, it goes so, so far past winning. Uh, and so it was, it was awesome that we also got to one, two, uh, win two. So uh, it's, uh, it's really cool to see what uh, this group has done. Uh, special, special kind of stuff um, and excited for the future. Mm -hmm. And you gave a phenomenal quote following your team's victory. And let me just say, shout out to the Iowa State Media Department. They've trained you well. But, you know, the quote you offer is one of the best moments in coaching is not always winning. It's watching your team choose to fight instead of cave, to believe in one another instead of falter. And again, put that on a billboard somewhere. Put that on a T-shirt. Certainly that's what this kickoff weekend is all about, right, is seeing what your team is made of. And let's start with that UCLA match. To drop the doubles point, you know, find four singles victories from, again, a team of six returners. Like, all of these players played matches throughout the course of last season. To see that grit from them right away, you know, what did they show you during that UCLA match? What's going through your head, by the way, after dropping that doubles point? Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I was pretty calm after the doubles point because against Auburn, uh, we really didn't give ourselves a chance at all. And so I think I really want to take a step forward going into UCLA dubs. And uh, they did that. We came up short and I was like, guys, I know it doesn't feel like it, but we took a step forward in the doubles. And so it's just the way it goes. And uh, we got to continue to strive um, for for the singles. And so um, I think they were, uh, yeah, they felt calm. They didn't. They didn't feel panicked um, going into the singles, and then, lo and behold, again, our kids just fought their tails off. And so I was, um, you know, I think uh, there were some matchups that I, I thought, uh, you know, could uh, be very favorable, but you just never know. And so to be in that 
uh, last match on position um, to get to that point, you know, and um, and then to clinch it. Uh, just overall outstanding response, you know, a storied, you know, tradition of UCLA to for our program to take that step against them. Uh, it was it was special. It was neat. It was really cool. Yeah, and then you guys obviously get to that match against Miami. And let's be clear for our listeners: the win over UCLA, I believe, was the highest ranked win in program history. And what do you guys do? You're like, that's not good enough. Let's follow it up with a victory over Miami. And you know, in that match, it, it what was so interesting to me about the kickoff weekend, and maybe this is a testament to bringing back six returners, is that you guys found different calculus. You know, you use different calculuses to get to calculi. You know, in English, not my strong suit, but you got to four and different ways and again for your team uh in that Miami match you win the doubles point you drop five first sets in singles you know what goes through a coach's head in that moment oh man yeah no we came out hot in the doubles I was like (laughs) okay like let's do this uh and then dropping five first sets down some breaks in the seconds and you're like dang it you know Miami is tough that that place is is a brutal place to go play because every single one of their kids is a brutal out and you've got to that's why I told our kids you've got to beat them they there's not too many times they're going to beat their uh, themselves especially there um and you know I was looking around I was like wow we fought you know if, if we lose this you know I'm, I'm pretty proud and uh for the grit that our kids showed and you know, Thassapur Naklo, um, she goes by Tal, um, for her to have dropped her previous couple matches and then go in against Noel, who is one of the best competitors we've seen in a long time, outdoors, really terrific player, uh, to stay in that, you know, dropping the first and then just finding ways, finding ways, finding ways. And uh, lo and behold, you know, we end up getting that one and, you know, sending it to last match on. And so just you nailed it. It was a team victory. You know, some kids stepped up in the UCLA match to get us to the Miami match. And then the the other teammates picked them up when they needed to. And that's to me, what a real team truly looks like is uh, I can't just be one or two players. It takes everybody. And uh, and so I was probably most proud about that. Um, And uh, just to, just to watch that grit was, was cool. Something we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. What's the conversation in the locker room? Was it a celebration? Oh, it was a celebration. There was a lot of emotions. Uh, just proud. I, you know, probably I probably start tearing up again here. But uh, no, just to watch a, a collection of of young women come together and you know something you preach and just to watch that actually, uh, you know, take place. Uh, man, it's it's special. It's why you get into coaching to, uh, you know, that that transcends anything I could ever give them wins or losses. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's, it was, it was awesome. And we, we, we celebrated, we, we enjoyed that one because we worked for that. No, well-deserved. And obviously, again, it's first trip in history to the final 16 field. And I want to talk about your expectations for that event. But of course, as part of this ITA indoors press row, what I want to do for all of our listeners as well is set the scene, talk about the cast of characters you return this year. And I know it's only been one month. It's not the biggest sample size. But you've got a couple of undefeated players on your roster in singles right now, both of whom go undefeated in the kickoff weekend. Let's start with Ange at that number two spot, because to go 6-0 and at two singles, I don't care if it's a week, let alone you know a month. That That is a, a remarkable run of success. She's able to clinch that match against Miami. I believe she's a sophomore here this season, if memory serves. You never know, second year, third year nowadays. The nomenclature is so unclear, but you know, for... Her in, you know, we, I always say that sophomore year is when you really find out 
you know, some surge, some sort of plateau. We're seeing the surge. Why do you think that is? You know, Obi um, is a she's a bit of a gamer on game day. She really uh, hates to lose, and so um, you know that that helps a whole lot. And she came in terrifically uh, talented, right? And had a lot of um, I think she was top six fifty WTA and a lot of uh, great results in there. So uh, for her to kind of uh, learn a whole lot about what uh, it means to be a college tennis player, what the practices need to look like, what the uh, day in, day out, and uh, the, com- the competition level on game day, um, it's 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 pretty cool to see because, I you know, um, Hans from UCLA is a, is a really tough out. And so we had to earn that. And then up five, two in the, in the third against a Chong who, uh, who's just a brutal fighter as well, uh, to get back to five all and respond, uh, positively in that situation, um, was, was really cool. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I guess I'm really pleased how far, uh, she's come and made those strides forward. Um, but, you know, in crunch time, um, you know, she has that competitive edge that uh, that motivates her. You know, she might not always win, but she gives herself a heck of a chance. Yeah. And, you know, again, you talk about the, the styles of tennis, two very different players she faced over the course of the weekend and to see that success translate so sure. well. And, you know, again, it's interesting because I was looking through the stats from last year for your team and, you know, a lot of a lot of like two-thirds win percentages, a lot of like 16 and eights on there, 17 and sevens, whatever it may be. And again, as a coach, it's twofold. A, you can find four in a lot of different ways. I'm sure you like that. But B, in your back pocket, it's always nice to know, all right, doubles, one, four, and six. Like, that's going to be our pathway. And it feels like, you know, certainly Obi uh, has opened that up as well. And talk to me about, you know, Miska at the number four spot as well, because she's 7-0 and here to start this season. She had a really good year at the number three spot. Now she's played more at four to start the year. A little, little I call it a, a, you know, a hockey lineup switch where it's just like, you know, we're switching lines real quick. Um, but talk to me about her spot as well. And, you know, again, that depth you see on your roster, because to me, that's that's what I see when looking at this team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, we we had so many return from last year. And um, again, I wanted to make sure that we uh, took that next step together. You know, there's a lot of teams that return a lot of players, but like, uh, are you willing to, uh, I don't know, continue to grow? And so uh, Mish, you know, came in a uh, really talented kid and uh, just gritty. Um, and so she she's one of those kids that's going to give herself a chance in so many matches just because of uh, the game style, but also uh, just the grit and uh, fight that she has. And so, um, you know, she, she, she definitely amps it up on, uh, on game day and goes and fights for uh, the Iowa state cyclones or never any time that I've ever doubted it. And so that's just nice. Uh, you know, the more collection of players that you have like that, uh, the greater chance that you can win. And that's ultimately the goal. Give yourself a chance at nine, nine different spots and, uh, you know, you'll have a great shot. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for your team this year, and it's still very early in the season, I'm sure you don't have any lineup set in stone. But again, with that many returners, how do you approach this year, maybe in comparison to years past? What are the differences when you look at the lineup, right? Because again, as of right now, everyone's within a spot of where they played last year. And is that, con- you know, again, is that continuity something you expect will sustain? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think I started each player uh, in their spot uh, based on 
we'll say last year's results or definitely this fall's results. Um, and so, um, you know, Anna, um, at three, at three singles, she had a heck of a fall. She had, she had a lot of great wins and, uh, her level is extremely high, uh, when she's on. And so I think that that's a, uh, a huge, uh, prong if, um, if we can kind of keep that thing going, but ultimately I was, uh, I think we always try to, you know, we'll, we'll have our team goals, but our measurables are attitude, effort, and compete. And we will do that every time out. And so whether that's in practice or matches, uh, that's kind of the expectation. And so for us to have um, only one freshman on our, on our roster and everybody returning in our top six of singles, I think they just understand what college tennis is all about, what that expectation on our end uh, is as a coaching staff, but just holding each other to that as well. Um, and so I think ultimately that's where we measure, um, you know, wins and losses you try to take out, don't get too high, don't get too low. Um, can you be a heck of a lot better uh, team in April and May than you are right now? And so uh, again, I think that's where that exciting part is of, of this opportunity we have in front of us this weekend. Well, I find that fascinating, and I want to unpack that a bit because, again, having a team of returners, they know what to expect in a five-month spring season. That's also a team that, again, player. not saying everyone can't individually get better, but we've seen them all. We know what to expect. And so that idea of having them not peak too soon and, you know, again, coaching them to continue to get better towards May – how does how does your approach to doing that change with a more veteran group? Uh, really good question. Uh, yeah, it's something that you really kind of think about and yeah. uh, try to evaluate at the end of each year of like, okay, why were we successful in April, May, or why did we falter here? And um, I think a lot of that is is, is geared towards uh, the internal motivation of your team, and so I think you've got to have a really good motivated uh, players that want to continue to grow, and that usually will will happen over the season if they invest in it. Uh, but then it's the team dynamic. Uh, can you got? Can they strengthen their bond over the course of the spring uh, and get closer, uh, even more of a family rather than uh, grow apart? And so we we've invested a lot in that um, in that side, the team bonding, the uh, you know good conversations, the accountability for each other, but then uh, that support that we all have, whether it's me to the kids or the them to themselves. Uh, you know, we we genuinely preach that family atmosphere, but uh, actions speak a lot louder than words. And so taking, if I believe you can take steps in that, as well as have that growth mindset, uh, you know, a lot of times, not always uh, usually work out for you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, again, it is, especially in a year like this, where I feel like there's depth everywhere. And, you know, what it takes to be not just a top 10 team, but a top 25 team this season, the standard is higher. And certainly, you know, with the extra year of eligibility for athletes for two more years from the 2020 COVID season, that's just going to happen naturally when there are more players. But I'm curious, as you're as you are coaching this year, how much you look at those non-quantifiable things like, again, team chemistry and how that might be the margin this year, given how talented all these teams are. Yeah, no, I think it's razor thin, right? Yeah. Like a player could decide if you're, you know, eight in the country or a match compared yeah. to 25. And there are just so many uh, good teams in the depth uh, of college tennis the last five, seven years is just tenfold uh, of what it was. And so uh, to kind of watch that unfold, yeah, I, I always tell our kids that um, 
you know, if you guys genuinely will fight for each other and put yourselves on the line, a lot of times if a team is willing to do that, you'll shoot past your ceiling or what you're okay. quote unquote on paper capable of. And so to me, that's what embodies college tennis. That's why I got into it. I love, I love everything and that dynamic of it. Uh, and so uh, just getting to a point to where um, the players aren't guessing if uh, their teammate are showing up or coaches, it, it's everybody is on that same page of, Hey, I'm here to lay it on the line. And um, if I go down, I go down, but uh, it's, it's because of, of the effort and attitude and competitiveness that we show uh, day in, day out, uh, you know, that'll get you there. Then I'm going to ask this to every coach because I think everyone's looking for insights. Give me the Iowa state team bonding event du jour. Like you guys are doing what, what's the thing that you guys want to bring the team together off the court. This is what we do. And everyone has a blast. Okay. So I'm going to throw this as new this year. Okay. okay. So you, and you might catch it at indoors. Uh, we have a, uh, before we do like a doubles warm up uh, about 20 minutes before the match starts, we have a power pose circle. And so everybody, coaches included, trainer included, we we will strike our you know three four second pose um, in, in a, inside our circle. We're loud and rowdy, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, kind of breed a little confidence. We we worked on that some in January, and okay. just something new. So uh, you might uh, think you got a bunch of crazy people down there yelling, but uh, <laughs> something that uh, I don't know. We've embraced and enjoyed, and uh, you know. You got to have some fun with it. So, uh, yeah, you you might see the I'm going to say the power pose circle helps that bond. I'm all in. <laughs> I am all in on the power pose circle. That is probably the best. No, that's the best nugget I'm going to get in these 16 interviews right there. We'll know to look for it. We're, more importantly, we're going to know to capture it on camera because I want to know your power poses. I want to see you oh, in action. I need to see Kenna in action. I need to see all the power in the poses. So, totally. Yeah. some good energy down there. That's what I love to hear. And it sets the tone for the sprint that is doubles. And, you know, again, we talked about your line up earlier i'm gonna put you on the spot everyone's good at national indoors what is the strength you feel most confident about in your team in your lineup going into the event yeah i, I think when we when we uh, are motivated and aggressive in doubles that's probably our best point uh hands down uh just from our results this fall uh how we started this year uh went to hawaii had some really good results there i think we started out 15 and 0 in doubles uh and so um, I just think that if we are committed to doing that, that's a huge strength. Um, obviously, the two undefeated players, Obi and uh, and Mish, uh, you know, those they they stick out. Uh, I think they battle really well in their positions. But um, I, yeah, yeah, to me, those those players stick out. But the exciting thing to me is uh, as a as a coach, you know, and where we've come from. Um, I just genuinely believe any one of our players can win at the, their positions, and that's why um, they are there uh, at those spots. And so, you know, they – and kind of like the other weekend, you know, we had different people step up. Maybe we lost a doubles point, won a doubles point, but uh, it takes a team. If you're going to make a run at this thing, um, it was uh, – gosh, when I was at Vanderbilt, we went one and two at indoors and, you know, won the SEC and made Final Four. So it's great teams get uh, – you know, the competition here at indoors. So uh, I, I just want to be really focused on getting the most out of these opportunities, treating it the right way. But uh, can can we have consistently other people step up in every spot uh, to give us a chance to win? 
See, I was hoping for a Cowley College story. You know, I'm still oh. waiting. To, yeah, like that in your run to the Final Four, you're like, actually, that's where we dropped something. Or, you know, again, that's what I was looking for. So shout out as always. Um, Tigers. Yeah, exactly. And them, look, I mean, again, plan. you've competed in national semifinals, in, confer- in big events, of course. But for this group to get to that national indoors field, to get to the Final 16, We've talked about it again, and it's well-established. It's a deep field. There are a lot of really good – the fact that NC State's not going to be there and you feel like, yeah, but it's still freaking loaded, speaks to the depth in college tennis this year. Are you worried your team might have a little sticker shock? Like, just again, the to be on the scene, to deal with that energy, what is your – any concerns, any points of focus this week as you prepare for the event? Yeah, no, I think that's something that we're uh, blatantly honest about with with each other. Um, so when we talk at practice this week is, look, we're going to go play three matches in Seattle, and that's how we have to treat it. And again, um, the more that we can temper expectations on win and loss and more just gear that towards, hey, we're going to go um, fight our tails off. You know, I gave them the uh, a really good story from last, uh, last week. Uh, this was on our big board, but um, I told them that, I want you guys to imagine a trash can, right? And it's nasty. There's gum on the bottom, you know, old juice, right? (laughs) I want six singles players and three doubles teams to lick that clean if we're going to win, right? And so are you willing to go there? Um, And so that was kind of the uh, quote-unquote hashtag of the weekend. But uh, (laughs) at the the end of the day, if you can gear it towards that, um, yeah, like again, whether you're playing in a Final Four, a national championship, um, you know, if – it kind of depends on what your team responds to, but I think uh, to not draw at least some awareness to it would be a mistake. And so let's call a spade a spade and uh, let's let's move forward together. And here's here's kind of our goals for the weekend. Yeah, I'm not going to put that one on a T-shirt. I think we go with the earlier quote, but that's a good one. Again, that Deal. one might have a better Deal. image. Yeah. Um, so Keep that yeah. one in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. That was yeah. That one's still in the oven baking. It's not quite yeah. there yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I like it. Uh, no, and you know, again, let's be blunt. Three opportunities to play teams that will more likely than not all be ending the year inside the top twenty. That's huge from a rankings perspective. Obviously, you guys have a deep Big 12 conference ahead. You know the challenges that will come with conference play. What's the goal here in Seattle? Is it as simple as let's get a win? Let's get on the board? You know, I mean, obviously, you go there to try and win the event. Every team has that goal. But what is it in particular you are looking for for your team over the course of the next four days or the four days in Seattle? Yeah, I wouldn't lie. Like a win would be massive, right? Um, And so just coming from hopefully we can – take the confidence that we maybe have earned against UCLA and Miami and parlay that into, into this tournament. Um, that would be a huge step. And so, yeah, I think, can we be hungry for that? Um, again, uh, whatever happens happens. Um, you know, I think, I don't think that we're just going to be satisfied being there. I think that would be a mistake to treat it as such. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, can we be hungry in our three opportunities, whether those are all wins or, um, all losses, or if you split, split, however many matches, um, I think, yeah, can we, can we use that confidence and, uh, and get, get ourselves some wins because that would go a long way, uh, you know, ranking wise, seating wise, whatever that might be. Uh, you know, it just uh, it would help for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I know 
I can speak for college tennis fans everywhere. We're excited to see your team play some of these schools again because the depth you have and anyone who watched college tennis last year, the five twos with Oklahoma, four threes with Oklahoma State, you guys were right there. And, you know, again, I always say you got to go through those losses to then get the wins like you have in a kickoff weekend. And so certainly, you know, excited to see this Iowa State team compete. That said, Look, some scholars are saying this is the most loaded season we have seen in college tennis history. And when I say some scholars, I mean, I'm saying it. But, you know, when you look at the field more broadly, I want to ask the smartest minds. I'm going to ask this to every coach as well. I ask you, is there a clear-cut favorite right now in this Division One women's field? What do you look as you look, you know, at the outlook of, I suppose, the women's co- D1 women's college tennis top 25, top 16? Oh, Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, is there ever a more of a example that at the end of the year, we could see eight or 10 teams make a run at this natty? Like it's a, it's a special field compared to like 10 or 15 years ago where it was the, you know, two, two favorites. Right. And so, um, man, you just could go down through the row, like UNC and their history, what they're doing, what they have back. But even look what Michigan, Ohio State's doing. Pepperdine's is, you know, talented of a lineup as any. Uh, A&M's defending, you know, SEC champs. Uh, you know, Georgia's uh, healthy and ready to go. You can go down through, yeah. right? <laughs> like, it just doesn't uh, uh, get e- easy, right? And so um, even from our league, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, like, are you kidding me? What they did last year. Uh, so the experience that they both have back. So at the end of the day, uh, yeah, there is no easy uh, matches, and I I would not be shocked if you know anybody outside the top eight seeds make a run because it is that good. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll call the seeds what they are, but it would not shock me if any one of these uh, sixteen teams made a run. Even Washington at home can be brutal. So uh, yeah, it's not uh, it's not for the lighthearted, but uh, I think you have to embrace that. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I feel like four twos the number. Like I just feel like there's gonna be a lot of four twos. Yeah, from like Friday to Sunday. Just, yeah, just get ready. Uh, and so uh, certainly it'll be a, a fun day. Um, you know, again, with that in mind, two big picture things. NCAA individuals they announced they are going to give it a trial run. They are going to move them to the fall. What was your thoughts on that announcement? Yeah, I, I like it. I, I mean, I've been able and lucky enough to been through the team competition and then go through the individual the second week. And it's a lot. I mean, I go back to some of those kids that have had great chances to win the individual, but they, you know, their team, you're in these uh, emotional, physical battles, you know, and if you're making the semis or finals and then to turn around, I mean, I, I can't think back, but if, if we were looking at individuals uh, when uh, we were in Georgia a few years ago when I was at, you, uh, at Vanderbilt, I think DiLorenzo lost first round, and but her team had made like maybe the – and so you're just going through like, oh my gosh, like how good of a chance would that kid have to win if it was in the fall compared to the spring, and rightfully so. you know, I don't think you should be punished by your team's success, uh, more physically and emotionally, not uh, punished in any other way. But like at the end of the day <laughs> – uh, from my perspective, I think it's a really good move and it's a two-year trial. So um, I think we owe it to ourselves to see that. But uh, I do I do personally like that move. Given the limited 
not limited, but given how early it is in that fall season, technically a turn of the calendar, yeah. would you be fine if they yeah. use pro uh, pro results to incorporate uh, incorporate them into selecting the field? I absolutely do. Yeah, I think we need to be way more encompassing than just the college tennis rankings. Like, um, and we we have to uh, be very flexible, open minded. Of again, it's to get the best uh, sixty four players in there. And you know, there are a lot of they get left out because they didn't play such and such an event, but they played a sixty k and made the semis. You know, so at the end of the day, I think we owe it to ourselves to have the best players in there. Uh, and, um, yeah, to make the best product we can. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about that uh, that synergy between the pro circuit, the college ranks. My last question for you, they recently announced that the ITA, the ATP Challenger Tour, they're going to try and create some sort of wild card feeder system where college players will be getting opportunities to compete at that challenger level. Have you heard any rumors of a WTA equivalent, uh, you know, maybe entry into 125Ks, 60Ks, 80Ks, whatever it may be. Certainly we see more emerging on college campuses, but do you expect a more formal relationship to emerge? I do. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some whispers that, hey, in the next couple months, we could have something very similar. So, um, you know, credit to the ITA for working on that. Like that is massive, Uh, not just one person getting those opportunities, you know, but uh, multiple like, you know, on the men's side, I think it was the top 20, um, you know, get get that uh, nod. And rightfully so, if we're going to if we're actually going to talk about using college tennis as that stepping stone um, and and making that a, a priority. Uh, and, and now it's helped so much. So many pros have come now from college. It's been awesome to see the last five, six years, but, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, we can give them opportunities in that and use college tennis as that help. I think it's college tennis even more deeper in general. Uh, but, uh, those players deserve that opportunity for sure. Yeah, and all I'm saying is when the Ames 125K event is now on the schedule, just call me. I'll be there. Like, you know, I'll be broadcasting. Yeah, whatever you need. Produced by Cracked Rackets. Yeah. I count on it. Exactly. (laughs) I'm putting it on my calendar for 2024. I'll lock that in now. But no, Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. And obviously, again, congratulations to you and your team. It feels like every year you guys have accomplished a new first in program history. And, you know, it's really a testament to the players. But some could argue those same scholars are arguing that it's a testament to you as well and the work you, Kenna, and that entire coaching staff have done. So congratulations to the Cyclones and look forward to seeing you all in Seattle. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you having me.